ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, Follow, like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. On today's episode, we will be talking to ESPN.com senior writer Ian O'Connor. We will review week four in the NFL and also give you our week five picks. We hope you enjoy the show. Scouts overlied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Mayfield on a fake, flip to Beckham, and he gets away. Now Beckham has room to run. Odell Beckham cuts back. Odell Beckham Jr. All the way. Touchdown, Cleveland. It's pretty amazing. That's such a cool story. Here he is. Throwing it over. Oh, it's intercepted. Right to the hands of Adelman. And Matthew is able to take it home for the touchdown. Edelman with a second drop of the night, and this one cost his team a touchdown. In motion, shifts into the backfield. On second and goal, Breeze to the end zone, and the catch is made for a Saints touchdown. And those were some of the sounds from week four in the NFL. Thank you so much for listening to the East-West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, Jerry Martinez. How you doing, Jerry? Life is good, man. I know I know we're going through some tough times still, but life is good, man. We'll always find a way. Yes, and then Kendall Whitley will join us later on the, on the show. All right, so let's go ahead and start talking about week four. Jerry, what stood out to you the most? Oh, man. You look at it, I mean, you look at it, it's just like, wow, uh, the COVID, how, it, it's, how it's really affected the NFL. I mean, uh, look at the Patriots, right? The, they lost Cam Newton because he was on the reserve list. Um, you know, uh, the Browns' offense is actually looking pretty good. The Cowboys are not what they expected to be. Uh, damn, the Bucks! What happened to the Bucks? So, I mean, it, it was a, 
it's definitely it's it's definitely it's definitely starting to shape out and we're starting to see who's the leader of the pack so to say and i think uh with the next two weeks we'll know more and more who's going to be there at the end in the super bowl yeah i mean what's going on in dallas <laughs> They they ran into like a bus on the Cleveland Browns, <clears throat> and even after Nick Chubb went out, um, Kareem Hunt. I mean that guy, he can be a starter anywhere on any other team in the league, and he just had a tremendous game. Yeah, I I mean, I think we've already heard it. I think the defense has been. I mean, the defense has been like. I mean, so many people are saying that it's lack of effort. When you go back and you look at the all twenty two, it's like boneheaded mistakes like they're making you know they're tripping each other up on defense and i mean it's just self self-inflicted wounds could it be covid it may be it may be covid you know maybe some guys were not able to train i don't know i'm not gonna make excuses these gentlemen are all professionals you know if if it's a lack of effort then the coach needs to find something within to 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 spark that that fire yeah, and then teams that we saw that, you know, were struggling last week, like the Atlanta Falcons, they, they continue to struggle. And they ran into a buzzsaw Green Bay Packers team. And Aaron Rodgers was thrown to me and you, Jerry. We were on the field without even knowing it because we didn't even know who these guys were. Yeah, 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 it's crazy, right? I, I said it. I said, man, Aaron Rodgers going to play pissed off this year. And you know what? We're We're seeing it. It's evident. I mean – what was the uh, Tanyan or what was the Titans name? I mean, Robert, uh, is it Robert Tanyan? Not too sure what his first name is, but I'm pretty positive. Yeah. Tanyan's alive. <laughs> yeah. He had a couple touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he made him look like a superstar. Right? I just tell you this, right? This much right now, Aaron Rodgers is making a statement. You know, he's letting the team, he's letting every team know that he is still the apex, you know, the apex. He's still at the top of the list when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that's great. You know what I mean? It's been it's been a while since we've seen Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers, and I mean, yeah, he he he, you know, but he he had some last season. He did have some hot and cold moments, but right now he's hot, and I I feel that it's going to be right now looking like it's going to be between the Seahawks and the Packers, you know, in the NFC. But I mean, it's not great. It's not set in stone, but right now, early indications is pointing that way. Yeah, and then also we did see Tom Brady throw five, five touchdowns, which, you know, we all saw the Thursday night football game, and we'll, we'll get into that here in a bit. Uh, but he looked good uh, on Sunday as well, kind of throwing the no-name receivers as well besides Mike Evans. Yeah, what was his name, Scotty Miller? I think he was just putting all over the place. That was, of course, pri- uh, previously. But, I mean, overall, it just shows you right. I mean, he's, he, he, is, he is the greatest of all time. You know, regardless of his age, he still knows how to play football. Um, you know, there's some things, obviously, uh, we saw in this game with the Bears. I mean, that offensive line got exposed, especially with, like, Khalil Mack. I mean, Khalil Mack, I mean, he just had his way. And, you know, maybe, yeah, what, whatever whatever it may be, if you're, if you're a quarterback in the NFL and your offensive line cannot block for you, you're not going to have much success. That's That's a given. Yeah, and then also, I mean, that Colts defense—they look like they—they they are for real. They played really well against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Philip Rivers—he's just—you know—they're not asking him to win the game. You know, kind of just directing the offense, and they're not asking him to do too much. Yeah, man. Uh, even Xavier Wo- uh, Rhodes—I almost said Woods. Uh, Xavier Rhodes. 
he's looking really good. Uh, he's looking really good. And it's crazy because when they tried to fit him in that kind of system earlier in his career, he didn't have that much success. Then he had success and a different kind of scheme. And now, you know, he's at the back end of his career and he's having a lot of success. But it, I mean, all around that defense is looking real good. And you got Phillip Rivers, man. I mean, he's going to win or lose you games. That's what it comes down to with Phillip Rivers. That's a given. Yeah, that Seattle and uh, Miami game was a little bit closer than what it was expected as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Seattle is like a must. They're must-see TV, right? I mean, they're going to all the way to the end of the game. It's just must-see TV. You can't – if you step away, you'll miss something, like, crucial, right? So it's just uh, – so they're they're just one of the top teams to watch, one of the most funnest teams to watch right now. I mean, but how many times can Russell Wilson uh, <laughs> save that man? That horrific defense. Yeah, he's pulling he's pulling rabbits out of hats, right? Beanie <laughs> man, because yeah. uh, he's working some miracles with that Seattle team. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, especially. I mean, you look at it. I mean, DK Metcalf, right? Let's just talk about the offense for a little bit. I mean. For him, he, he never really had the offensive line. But, you know, if you give him some playmakers and look, Tyler Ty, uh, Tyler Lockett has really developed into a superstar status almost. DK Metcalf also at that, you know, superstar yeah. status. And it and just shows you Russell Wilson can do the rest, man. He's a magic man. He'll, he uses his feet, get out of the pocket. He'll get, you know, he'll reset his feet and he'll get it to his playmakers and let his playmakers make plays. And damn. I think that as long as you have that the, that chemistry right there with those three, I don't even think he really cares about an, uh, a running game. And your guy, Joe Burrow, got his first win in the NFL. Finally. But it, it was to a struggling defense, but, man, he still got smacked around. The big thing that we're learning more and more is that the game is not, is not too big for Joe Burrow. In fact, I think that, I think that we're going to see him evolve to become something better. And the one thing that we've learned is that the Bengals need to address that offensive line. They need to get him more protection. I mean, if he, with more protection and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon, I mean, watch out. The Bengals' offense will be a force to reckon with. And then also, you know, we have to talk about the upset of the week that I called on uh, last Sunday's kickoff show, which was the Philadelphia Eagles over the San Francisco 49ers. Man, that one came down to the wire. I, that one, <laughs> I mean, what if it wasn't for those two interceptions that Nick Mullins, uh, that he, you know, yeah, one of them was a pick six. Pick six. Yeah, and then the second one, it, it was another pick, but it wasn't a pick six. And then they benched him. They brought C.J. Beathard in. I mean, at the very end, I mean, it looked like they were right there. Like, I mean, they looked like they were right back in it. So I'll tell you this much right now. Jimmy G's coming back. They're going to be a strong team to reckon with now that Jimmy G's back and, and they can stabilize that quarterback position. I mean, Jimmy G's been in that in that system for, what, three years now? A little, a little over three years now. So, you know, I'll tell you this much right now. It was a good call on your end. It was a close game, and it just shows you a healthy 49ers team. Watch out. They're going to be contenders for the Super Bowl every year. George Kittle looked good. He just got back from injury, and it's going to help out that Jimmy G is going to start this Sunday for the Niners. Man, uh, let's talk about the Houston Texans. 0-4. That is crazy, right? I mean, we knew that they were not going to be as good as they were last year, but were you expecting 0-4? No, I was not. 
but man, uh, you know, I was having this conversation with the uh, senior draft analysts, right? Because I mean, we, we talk about these things because you know we're about to start launching mock drafts and whatnot, and we're like, man, zero and four. Can you imagine the Texans just they 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 come away with the first round pick, the first pick overall? It's unfortunate because they traded that pick to the Miami Dolphins for Larry Tunsil. So imagine having all this chaos that's going right. And you, you fire your head coach, your GM, right. And I mean, who, who does Deshaun Watson have to throw to? That's the thing. I mean, yeah, we've known these players names. I mean, we all know Brandon cooks. We all know, you know, um, we all know, we all know about Will Fuller. We all know about, right. Um, who's the other one? Uh, oh my God. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills, and then the the one that was with Dallas last year. Oh my goodness, oh, um, Cobb, Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb. Yeah, we all know about those 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 guys. I mean, we all know about those wide receivers, but still, I mean, the offensive line is not playing. Uh, they're not giving they're not giving Deshaun Watson enough time to to get the ball down the field. Man, I feel bad for the Texans fans. I mean, I feel back for the Texas organization. They've really been set back. Uh, they're going to be set back for at least a couple of years. The good thing is they have Deshaun Watson. So, you know, if, if they can, I mean, they got they got a lot of work to do in the front office. They got to find a good leader as far as the the, the, the coaching goes. And then from there, they, they, they just got to just be patient, you know. I think, uh, I think there's some good candidates out there. But let's see how the rest of the season goes. But Deshaun Watson, he's a finisher. He's a fighter all the way to the end. So I'm not ready to count them out all the way out. You know, it's just interesting. We we knew that more than likely uh, Bill O'Brien was going to get let go, right? Fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was not expecting it to happen this early in the season. Now, what that tells me is that they're sending this team a message, right? Because yeah. just if, if your coach has – if your coach is a GM, it doesn't work, right? Because yeah. – that's a lot for somebody to like have on their plate. And it was just a debacle ever since, you know, DeAndre Hopkins got traded away. Um, you know, draft picks, they, they don't really have any. I mean, what's the next move for the Texans? I mean, honestly, they got to they got to get their cap space cleared, man. They, they they took on some ugly contracts with the one in Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. Uh, they got to clear that up. Uh, they got to find some they got to find a, a true playmaker. I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's hard to – it's hard with, with – I don't even think they have a second-round pick either this now, year. And so what I'm thinking is, so the rest of the season, it's going to be an evaluation process to see who's going to be on this team next year. Well, that's right? sure. So I know this might be an uh, unpopular, um, I guess you can say, statement that I'm going to make, but I feel like they need to walk away from J.J. Watt. He's an older player. He's he's taking up a lot of money on that salary cap, and you know I think I think he deserves to go to championship contender. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, JJ Watt is just he's he's done so many great things for that for that city for that organization. I mean, when you look at him, he effort is not a question. Okay, so when you look at him on when you look at the plays. Effort is not a question. Does he get beat? beat? Yeah, from time to time he gets beat, but for the most part he's put he's pushing he's still pushing offensive linemen back into into the quarterback. So it's kind of hard. But yes, I think it's time to scratch scratch the entire you know. I mean, just blow it up. I mean, 
well, you don't have to blow it all up, but because you have your quarterback in place, but blow it all up, restart, get get the right leadership in place. And I'm pretty sure that as long as you get the right weapons around Deshaun Watson, watch out. They're, they could be the they could be a Kansas City Chiefs type of team. I mean, their offensive coordinators out there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's all. I think that's maybe that's what he needs is somebody that can work with him that's been in that same mold. Yeah, and there's a, there's one coach particularly out there that I know would love to have this job and get the opportunity to work with Deshaun Watson. Coach you. <laughs> That's right, Coach Jackson. All right, so obviously week five got started uh, Thursday night. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Chicago Bears. Really tight game. Bears won by a point. There was a play at the end of the game, the last play of the game, actually, where the Bucks had the ball, and it looked like Tom Brady did not know it was fourth down. <laughs> Man, I hope <laughs> I hope it was an on. I mean, I just hope it's an honest mistake, you know. Uh, man, it just looks bad. It looks bad. I'm sorry. It looks bad. If you're not if if that if that was really real, you know. If that was really real, that looks really bad. I mean, that just shows that, you know, maybe you're not as aware as of what you thought, right? So, yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of pushback. This, I mean, on social media, it's it's insane. But I will say this: like I said earlier, I said Tom Brady, you can't count him out. He knows how to play. He's the greatest of all time. He's won six Super Bowls. He knows how to get the. He knows how to get the ball to his playmakers. Well, let's actually let's listen in when Tom Brady was asked if he knew if that was fourth down. I mean, they, they made mention that maybe you didn't know it was fourth down. I can't imagine that was the case. What was, you know, it was fourth and five? You took a shot there. Were great. That... Yeah, I knew we needed a chunk, and I was thinking about more yardage. And then, uh, you know, it was just it was bad execution. I mean, we had a great opportunity there, so just didn't uh, didn't execute when we needed to. Was it was it clear for you guys whether it was third or fourth down on on that last play? Yeah, we just uh, you're up against the clock and you're up against the the uh, you know I knew we had to gain a chunk, so I should have been thinking more first down instead of chunk on that, on that down. All right, so it sounds like he's saying that he he did know, but yeah. him throwing up the four tells me something different. Yeah. Unless he's throwing up gang signs, I mean. What do you <laughs> Well, I mean, look, Tom Brady's always been known to kind of sell a play or sell a sell a, a foul or a penalty. So, you know, if anything, he knows that the refs are, are you know, constantly looking at him, and maybe he was just trying to pull a fast one on, <laughs> pull oh. a fast one on 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 the on the actual refs. I don't know. <laughs> it's insane. I don't know. This is a, this is a, a bizarre situation here. No, you, you know what? I think he got confused, and maybe he somehow – it might be older age. I mean, I don't know. But to me, you can't tell me that he that he knew it was fourth down. He didn't know. Yeah. You could tell by his by his play selection. Yeah, He threw it in a tight window to Gronkowski, if I'm not mistaken. So there's no way that he can say that he knew it was fourth down. Yeah, uh, come on, it's obvious. Yeah, he, gonna... You know, Troy, Troy Aikman called him out during the game and said, hey – I think he was confused. <laughs> I think he did. I, yeah, you are right. He did say that. Man, it's unfortunate. But let's see. Let's see if he can get back on the on get back on the saddle, man. Get the ship right. 
Hey, on the other hand, though, uh, you know, last week I asked where Khalil Mack has been. Well, he showed up Thursday night. He had a tremendous game, and that defense showed up. He had that, I mean, literally that epic poster, right, of him body slamming Tristan Wirfs. That was insane. With one arm. With one arm. I mean, literally a wrestling move. I mean, a, 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 that was just – it looked beautiful. But, man, he had his way the whole night with that offensive line. So, they got they got, they got, they got some work to do. I mean, I know Tristan Wirfs is a first-rounder. He's a rookie. He's a first-round rookie. I mean, he's, yes, he's still, he's still new. But, he, he I mean, you just got to get back to the basics. So, let's see how they let's – let's see if they can fix this. And the Bears very quietly. They're four and one. Four and one. It's insane. Yeah, we were just having this conversation, right? Like about scenarios of like what happens to this person, you know, what happens to this person, you know, what happens if this team ends up with a first round pick overall. I mean, cause this year it's the the this this draft class that's coming in. I mean, it's gonna be your year to try to score in on one of these top quarterbacks. But uh it doesn't look like the Bears are gonna be able to cash in on that i mean at four and one that's one of the better records in the nfl well we still have a long way to go but yeah i'm very impressed because off the conversations that we've had here on the podcast you would have said well the bears are their own four four right but they're actually four and one now uh nick Foles, i mean there's no way that mitchell trubisky is going to get that job back he kind (laughs) of he showed a lot of grit he he struggled in the beginning of the game but to come back and score at the end and give the Bears the lead. That was huge. Yeah, man. Uh, I am. I'm gonna hand it. I mean, it was one of those things that when you look at the when you look at that big picture. I mean, it's it's uh it's unfortunate for Mitchell Trubisky. I, I just think that you know, I, maybe maybe he wasn't ready. They kind of threw him in too early. But Nick Foles, he looks like uh, Nick Foles looks like he could get the team in a good position. I mean, that was a good challenge and. They won, so I mean, we can't we can't just count out the Bears now. I mean, we got to take them seriously. Let's talk about our Week Five picks in the NFL, and we can start off by the Thursday night football game. Bucks at the Bears. Obviously, that game already happened. I had the Bucks. Jerry, who'd you have? I had the Bucks. <laughs> Thank All right. you, Tom Brady. Yes, so that's an L for both of us. And I believe Kendall had the Bucks as well. Yeah, he did. Unless he switched. No, he had the Bucks. Okay, he had the Bucks as well. All right. So, first game Carolina at Atlanta. I'm going to go ahead and write the hot streak. Carolina, they they pulled all the uh, great win against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Right now, the Falcons are still they're, they're struggling. So, I mean, this one's not too hard. Go ahead and give me the Panthers. And I'm going to go with Carolina as well. Buffalo at Tennessee. Uh, right now, Buffalo's hot, man. I'm going to stick with Buffalo. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, man, Stephon Diggs. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Buffalo Bills as well. Las Vegas at Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs. Uh, you got the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, I've I've learned not to count Patrick Mahomes out. I did I did against the Ravens, and wow, he came back and proved me wrong. So give me the Chiefs. And you know what? We we can't all just have the same pick. So 
I'm gonna go with the wild card. I'm gonna go with the Las Vegas Raiders. It's easy when you're when you are a Raider, right? Man, I just can't. I just you know we have some players coming back from injury. Uh, I know the Chiefs are really good, but this I believe this is gonna be an upset. Denver at New England. Man, this one really is kind of like up in the air, right? I mean, is Cam going to be available? Is Drew Locke going to be available? I mean, give me the Patriots. What about Stephon Gilmore? He's out, right? Yeah, Stephon Gilmore is out. You know what? Uh, Originally, I had said the Patriots, but give me the Broncos. I'm going to go with the Broncos on this one. Arizona at the NY Jets. Hmm. That's easy. Arizona. Cardinals. You know what the perfect remedy is for a team that's struggling? Play the New York Jets. Hmm. Give me the Give me that win. Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Steelers, man. That defense is ready. They're ready to uh, get after Carson Wentz. Unfortunately, Carson Wentz's offensive line is hurting. But the offensive line they do have in place has been able to, you know, help him stay up. And, and I mean, they won last week, right? But the Steelers' defense is too tough and offense is ready to shoot back. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers on this one. L.A. Rams at Washington. Oh, man, it looks like the Rams are really um, there on the upright. So give me the Rams here. I'm going to go with the Rams as well. Cincinnati at Baltimore. Oh man, I love I love me some Joe Burrow. Um, I think this is actually going to be a really good game. But uh, go ahead and give me the Ravens. And I am going to go ahead and take Baltimore as well. Jacksonville at Houston. Wow, it, this is kind of weird, right? Because you don't have a coach right now. I know. They made Romeo Cornell the intern. You know, do... do man, th- when I look at both of it, I mean, Gardner Minshew is inconsistent. I know I picked the Jags kind of earlier in, in the discussion. I'm looking at it. Where's the game at? Houston. Houston. Uh, I'm going to have to side with the Texans on this one. I think that the Texans are going to pull... Put, Push together, right? Pull together, and they're gonna they're gonna put a team effort, and they're gonna pull away with a win on this one, and show that they need, you know, Coach O'Brien. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Houston Texans as well. Look, I mean, if Bill O'Brien getting fired wasn't like a wake up call for that team, I don't know what's going to be. So I think we're we're gonna see a very different Houston Texans team, and I I love them to to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Miami at San Francisco. Give me the 49ers. Jimmy G's back. George Kittle looked good. Um, I, I, I I don't want to take anything away from the young Dolphins team. That young Dolphins team looks good. We've been hearing the chatter about the Tua. I think that they're seeing the success that the Chargers are having. But go ahead and give me the 49ers. I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. And I think we are going to see Tua Tunga by Eloa sighting. Um, the the future is now. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know what it is. Get the young stud out there and see what it can do. Indianapolis at Cleveland. Wow. 
Give me the Browns, man. They're kind of hot. I know that that defense is good. We talked about them earlier, but give me the Browns. I think that they're starting to uh, they're starting to catch on. Uh, Miles Garrett helps that defense, right? Becoming a one man wrecking band. So give me the Browns. Yeah, you know, I I came away. I've come away impressed with the Indianapolis Colts, especially with that defense. But I think the Cleveland Browns are just too hot right now. Yeah, uh, they won two. Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Browns. The NY Giants at the Dallas. Earlier, I picked the Giants. I think I was leaning towards the Giants. Uh, why? Why does this always have to happen like this? So look, I went back and I re and you know I analyzed you know my emotional state when I first picked this pick. So people that don't know, I was leaning towards going with the Giants because I feel that the Cowboys defense is lacking a lot. But I do think that, if anything, a lot of the right people have been stepping in and making the right kind of comments. Uh, You've seen Michael Irvin blast them on NFL Network and then Jerry Jones actually saying, you know, when that man talks, I listen. That's a man-man. So I think that they, that's enough to light enough fire underneath that that Cowboys team. Cowboys are going to come away with the win with the Giants, but it's not going to be easy. It's actually going to be a very close game. But give me the Cowboys. Look, it, the Cowboys cannot lose this game. They cannot. If they lose this game, Mike McCarthy is in jeopardy of losing that team. Yeah. You you cannot lose this game. You're you're playing a not very good New York Giants team. Um, I I'm expecting the Cowboys to win. Now it might be a close game. We saw the Giants last. We kept it close with the Rams. But Cowboys, come on, you gotta win. I'm taking Dallas. Yeah, I mean that. Just just to kind of clarify, that offense is is red hot. I don't think the Giants can can score the same points as the Cowboys. Minnesota at Seattle. Hmm. I like the, I I really like the Seahawks. Uh, I really like the Seahawks this season. I think that with Russell Wilson. Uh, said it earlier, right? Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Wow, they look like they could just score at will. And uh, I'll tell you this: Vikings have been a little bit inconsistent. That defense has kind of been inconsistent. And I know it's a young defense; it's a rebuilt defense. So, uh, give me the Seahawks. I'm gonna go with Seattle as well. But if you do have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. You make sure that you start them because Seattle's defense is not good. I'm expecting a high-scoring game, but Seattle wins. Sure. Monday Night Football, L.A. Chargers at the New Orleans Saints. Hmm. <laughs> man. Herbert, been, Herbert has been looking real good, man. And that kid has just been, I mean, he's 6'6" strong arm and just I mean he's slinging all over all over the yard uh this game is where where's the game at New Orleans New Orleans Ugh. so I know I I, I I want the Chargers to uh, I want to see Herbert win so bad right uh but I can't I can't I mean you're playing New Orleans that defense still pretty good I'm going to have to change my pick. Give me the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go and take the Saints as well. Um, I I am looking for the Saints to start winning uh, these games in a row now. 
Um, Michael Thomas, I believe, is still out this week, but it's okay because they won't need him. And Drew Brees continues to throw some touchdowns against the Chargers. I like the Saints. Sweet. All right, and that's going to go and wrap up our week five picks. But before we wrap that up, I will let you know Kendall's picks. Let's see if he doesn't change them. Well, he might have changed them. So I should say this: these were his picks uh, like four hours ago because he might have changed them by now. All right, so he's going to take the Texans, Ravens, Falcons, Chiefs, Cardinals, Steelers, Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, Patriots, Saints, and Titans. Man, that kind of sounds like my picks right now. <laughs> yep, and with that, uh, that we're going to wrap up our week five picks. Our guest tonight is an award-winning columnist, a New York Times best-selling author, and a senior writer for ESPN.com, Ian O'Connor. How you doing, Ian? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your time, Ian. So let's go and get started. So my question for you is, this is probably the biggest story um, of the week besides the COVID positive test. Uh, Bill O'Brien uh, getting fired by the Houston Texans. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I, I don't know if, if I make a move four games into a season, really, on any head coach. Particularly one has won multiple division titles, four, right? And apparently it was reported that he had a, a verbal altercation with, with J.J. Watt, also with the defensive coordinator. So that, that obviously played into the decision to get rid of Bill O'Brien. But He's a guy who is a solid coach, I would say better than average, but a guy who has not proven he can win in the postseason. So I just don't know about making a decision four games into the season. Maybe if you're there every day, uh, it looked like the kind of decision that was a a no-brainer. But from the outside looking in, that was a little puzzling to me that that you would uh, make the decision at that point in a season. But he is a guy who – Again, he hasn't proven that he can win in the postseason, and I guess they believe their program right now is at that level where it should happen, and they made the change. So if you're the Houston Texans, what are you looking for in the next head coach? Somebody who could win in the postseason. (laughs) But so Brian has gotten him there on a regular basis, but I I think it's going to be an offensive coach who is going to develop the Sean Watson get him to take maybe yet another step in his development. And uh, so I think, and you see where the league is going, basically trending toward offensive coaches as head coaches. And I think that'll be the case in in Houston. What's going on with you, Ian? Happy happy to have you on. It's Kendall. Hey, Kendall. How are you? I'm doing great. Hope hope all's well with you as well. Yeah, thank you. Yes, one, I want to go ahead and let's let's talk some Patriots football. Um, what did you think of the Monday night performance from the two from the Patriots first and just and and, and to be more specific, what about the two quarterbacks, Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham? I, I thought that Kansas City was ready to be beaten that night, and I think with Cam Newton, the Patriots win that game. And mm-hmm. so Hoyer Stidham, uh, Hoyer's been in the league a long time. He is what he is, and. 
it's a lot to ask him to win on the road. Granted, they're really you're not talking about playing in front of a full house. You're playing in front of effectively an empty house. But still, you're on the road against the defending Super Bowl champs, the best team in the league. Brian Hoyer is not going to win that game. But I do think the, the, the Chiefs were there to be. And overall, I think Cam Newton played really well. I think the Patriots have, have by and large, played well without uh, Tom Brady being under center anymore. And so I think as long as, as Cam Newton, when he comes back, if he stays healthy, which is a big if, but if that happens, I expect them to make the playoffs as a wild card. And, and obviously there's that extra wild card this year that gives them a, a bit more of a cushion to work with as far as getting into the postseason tournament. But I do think they're, they're, they've shown, despite all the opt-outs, the COVID opt-outs they had, particularly on, on the defensive side of the ball, and the fact they lost the greatest quarterback and arguably the greatest football player of all time, I think that they're a team that can still make the playoffs. Yes, I appreciate that. There, um, one thing I want to ask you, um, you're well in tune with the Patriots, the ins and outs, so you know what goes on there. Um, I want to ask you, how do you think the Patriots feel about Jared Stidham in his second year? Do you think it's too early to tell? Do you think they want to see a lot more from him? Or, I mean, how do you think, how do you think the Patriots inside their orders, how, how do they feel about Jared Stidham? Well, I'm not up there every day, and I've just covered them from afar. And, and I, I wrote a book about Belichick where I interviewed 360 people. So my insight comes from that, not, not the day-to-day, which is an important distinction to make. But I, I, from what I've been told and talking to people in and around that program, they do like him. I'm not sure they like him as much as they like Garoppolo at the same point in their tenure in New England. But... I think they, they were planning on him being the starting quarterback until Cam Newton was willing to basically play for them at Belichick's price. So I think that Stidham is a guy they like. I don't know if they love him. And I guess if they really loved him, they wouldn't have made that Cam Newton signing. So for them to to get to the playoffs, I, I do think Newton has to come back and and stay healthy for the balance of the season. I think it would be a difficult task, a really difficult task for them to, to get there with either Hoyer or Stidham at quarterback. 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday night. Well, you, you, you don't want to say Monday night football because it's not going to be on ESPN, but 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday night. Who starts for the page? Will it be Brown Hoyer, Cam Newton, or Jared Stidham? I don't know where, where Cam Newton is right now in terms of of being available and when you're talking about coming back from COVID, it's just an entirely different animal. We just have never dealt with anything like this in our lifetime. So I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. If, if Newton is cleared, I completely suspect he'll play, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. And lastly, last, I just want to ask you, how do you think Tom Brady looked last night? Well, angry for one, I, I noticed so far with Tampa Bay, he seems to get angry quicker and, and easier than he did. Now, there were times when he had those sideline blow-ups with Joshua Daniels and some players and, and coaches at times in New England over 20 years. It just seems like the intensity of, of his anger is, is up this year, and perhaps it stems from losing that first game against the Saints and and not being entirely comfortable with the offense and a new set of coaches that uh, he, let's face it, he was working with the greatest coach of all time. The guy who's won 31 postseason games, and he goes from that to a head coach who's won one postseason game in Bruce Arians. So I think it's clearly an adjustment. They have a winning record. I'm sure he looks at it like they should be 4-1 and one today, and they're not. But to lose 
count or to, to lose sight of how many downs you have. Or, there, or he thought that was a third down pass last night when it was a fourth down pass. You've never seen him confused like that. And I know afterward he effectively denied that, that was the case, but it was pretty clear he thought it was third down when it was really fourth down. So that was really strange to see. And I appreciate it. I can ask you 20 more questions about the Patriots, but you know, we, we ain't got that time for that. But I really, I really appreciate it, Ian. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it, Kendall. Good talking to you. Yes. Hey, Ian, uh, this is Jerry. Um, so uh you that so you are a New York Times bestseller. Um and 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 it's 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 about Bill Belichick, right? You have your book out there, right? Um, let me ask you. So I saw that you went and you interviewed over three hundred. What was the number? Three is this? Is, so so that, that's insane. Great work, by the way. I've heard great things, and I and I did get I did place my order for the book. But uh, let me ask you: Has Bill Belichick reached out to you at all? about the book has he said that he's read the book <laughs> no i don't think that's ever going to happen <laughs> i think that i've talked to people close to him and listen it was a book i did without him he was not involved in the project he didn't have any editorial control and he uh i actually asked some people not to cooperate with me on the project and so i, I just wanted it to be seen as a most exhaustive and their account of his pretty incredible football life. And I I was at the uh, the Super Bowl when they beat the Rams. And afterward, I was walking out of the Patriots locker room and John Bon Jovi was standing there and we sort of made eye contact. And Bon Jovi's been, believe it or not, one of Belichick's best friends for about 30, 40 years. And so you couldn't find two people more different, but they are close. And Bon Jovi, I introduced myself and he said, hey, I just read your book. I thought it was really fair to Bill. I really, really liked it. He said, did Bill say anything to you? I said, John, you've known Bill for 40 years. Do you really think he's going to say something about a project he has really nothing to do with? And he got a little chuckle out of that. But he said that he knew a lot of uh, Belichick's friends and they all felt the same way, that I was uh, very fair to him and that they appreciated it. So whatever that means, I don't know. I don't know for a fact that uh, Belichick read the book. Uh, I assume that uh, people close to him at the very least read it and briefed him on it, but I have not heard from him directly since it came out, and that's fine by me. No, I'm I'm sure he's going to get to it, right? Um, I mean, Bill's Bill, right? And I think that what pe- what many people don't know is that you, uh, they, well, the way they said it is that you humanized Bill Belichick, right? Because Bill Belichick, I, I, I was having this conversation earlier with, Kendall and Fidel, I said he's kind of like a Greg Popovich, right? Very short, uh, kind of, you know, they're very kind of straight to the point, really don't have a personality, right, that we can, l- like, cling on to. So I think that that's pretty that's, – that's, that says a lot about, you know, you as an as a individual, right? Like, for you to have that kind of dedication, go out there and find that information. I mean, it's not easy. Even with modern days, it's still not easy. You've got to put in the work, and I, I can't wait to get my hands on that book. Let me let me ask you one additional question, and that'll be it for me. So, out of out of the other thirty-one coaches, is there ever going to be another Bill Belichick? I don't think so. I, I think you might see somebody come along and win three or four Super Bowls. It's hard for me to believe somebody's going to get to six. The whole league is designed to prevent dynasties. Makes what Belichick, Brady, and, and Kraft 
did in New England all the more special because the NFL is designed to prevent you from dominating. The schedule, free agency, the salary cap, it's it's all basically pieced together to, to prevent the Patriots from doing exactly what they did. So do I think Andy Reid could win three or four with Mahomes? Yeah, I think that can happen. I just don't see somebody getting the six. I think Sean McVay is, is a guy who I could see down the road having two or three rings. And uh, But who knows? Maybe Brian Flores in Miami becomes, I think he's a guy who's got a chance to be a pretty special coach. But he's very young. He's in his first job. And he's got a roster he's got to rebuild. And, of course, he learned the Patriot way through Belichick. But I think Brian Flores is a guy who's going to be a really good young coach. Is he going to win six Super Bowls? Probably not. So I think what, what Belichick has done here will be untouched. At least in uh, I'm 56. In my lifetime, I can't see anyone coming close to that. I guess Andy Reid would be the guy who's got the best shot because he had a very young quarterback who's already won one and has a chance to win a bunch more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, some people would have Kyle Shanahan on 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 there too, right? Because it seems like even with this dismantled team with the injuries, I mean, he's still he's still finding ways to win. But uh, Ian, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, Ian. And before we let you go, I just want to get your thoughts real quick. Who's what team has impressed you the most through these uh, first couple of weeks of the season? I would say probably uh, Kansas City. I, I, I think the team that surprised me the most. I think Kansas City is still the best team in the league. I think Chicago has surprised me uh, with with where they are, and they've made a quarterback change and. And to be four and one is is surprising to me. Uh, being a New Yorker, I expected a little bit more out of the, uh, the Giants and Jets at this point, the combined zero and eight. But I think that's uh, one thing I'd like to say about about Brady and the Buccaneers. And I thought this when he signed. I thought it was a big gamble for Tom Brady because he is so dominated the AFC East, winning eleven straight. He never really lost the AFC East outright over twenty years. And I thought that division gave him the clearest shot back to the or path back to the Super Bowl. Now I have to admit, Buffalo's played really good football. They're one of the teams that has impressed me the most. But to go into a division where the Saints have been fairly dominant, Brady has never faced a divisional opponent like that. A probable Hall of Fame head coach, a definite Hall of Fame quarterback that goes on the back nine of his career in Drew Brees. But a Saints team that in the last two years has won 13 games. And they know how to win that division. They've done it a half dozen times with Sean Payton and Breeze as a partnership there. And I thought it was a gamble for him to go through the Saints to try to get back to winning a division, getting a, a high seed. Now you need the number one seed to get the bye in the first round. Brady has never gone to a Super Bowl, and he's been to nine of them, without having that bye in the first round. So I, I think it's going to be a tough road for him to get back to the Super Bowl for that reason. It's not an impossible road for him to navigate, but I think he just took a pretty big gamble leaving a division that helped him along the way. Let's face it, the Jets, the Dolphins, and until very recently, the Bills were not strong programs and, and allowed the Patriots five wins out of six every year. So uh, we'll see how the, the Bucks respond to this loss, a game they shouldn't have lost to Chicago. And, and how Brady recovers from one of the more, I would say, one of the more embarrassing episodes of his career to lose count of, of the downs 
in a critical situation at the end of the game, we've never seen that before. So a lot of football that we played, uh, they could still go 13 and 3, 12 and 4 and be fine, but let's see how it works out. Hey, and real quick before we, before we let you go, I'm going to ask you one more thing. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo returns to New England next week. The Patriots got a bye after this week. So Garoppolo returns to New England next week. Um, what do you think about that game? Your early, your early thoughts about that game that's going to be happening in a couple of weeks in, in Foxborough? The thing that is amazing to me is that in 2014, when they drafted Garoppolo, that night, unsolicited, Bill Belichick in a press conference talked about Tom Brady's age and his contract situation. And basically said, this is the guy, without saying it, he said, this is the guy we drafted to replace Tom Brady. So it's probably the most forthcoming Belichick has ever been after a draft. He announced or talked about Tom Brady's age and how he was basically near the end. And Brady outplayed the Belichick plan. He outplayed the Patriots system where you basically get rid of guys a year early rather than a year late. And he ultimately forced the Patriots to trade Garoppolo. And that's, that's how Aaron Rodgers should look at his competition now. Is I'm going to, all right, the plan's in place with Green Bay to replace Rodgers with Love, the kid they drafted. Well, that doesn't mean you have to go along with the plan. If you do like Brady and you play at such a high level and force them to keep you and effectively trade your replacement, it's a great career accomplishment. It's one of the better accomplishments in Brady's late career. I think Garoppolo going back, it would be interesting. Things have changed. It would be different if Brady was uh, still in place. He's not, of course. So, so I'm not. I, I think a lot of that, the luster of that, has come off. But it should be an interesting game. Appreciate it, Ian. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right, Ian. We appreciate your time, Ian. Thank you so much for coming on, and hopefully we can catch up with you down the road. Okay. Best of luck to you. And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West Football Podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.